Hello all, welcome back to the Teen Jesus Sisters podcast. Before we get started, I just want to go ahead and thank all of y'all who have been listening and who tuned into our last episode where we did a study in Proverbs 1. We will be returning to Proverbs, but for today we're going to be diving into a psalm. So if y'all will go ahead and get your Bibles ready, um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with just a few quick thoughts before we go in. Number one, I know I did not post last week. My church went on a retreat, and I'll be so honest, I completely forgot to record. Um, But yeah, I think lately, you know, I've been in a slump, and I'd like to come on here and act like, you know, I've been perfectly disciplined, like I've been keeping my habits up all the time. Um, But lately, I just haven't. I've been staying in bed longer, realizing that my quiet time is being cut short by the amount of time that I'm choosing to just lie around in bed, which when you think about it is kind of ridiculous. Um, But even my homework time, the amount of sleep I've been getting, I'm a hypocrite, y'all. But the thing is, we're imperfect people and that's why we need Jesus. Uh, With that said, I also wanted to put in a note here just on like, You know, being high school girls, there's a lot of things where we begin thinking about how we appear. And I want to remind you that you are God's creation, that you are beautifully and wonderfully made, and you don't need to worry about hiding anything about yourself because he created you and he loves you and he created you in a unique and special way. Um, But yeah, that said, let's get into Psalms. I have a Bible study that I've been going through lately. Because in the past, I honestly, I tried to go through Psalms and then I forgot where I was completely. So I'm going back through, but in a more systematic way. If you hear a paper, that's my Bible study paper. So I'm going to grab my Bible. Today I'm journaling directly inside of my Bible. So let's go ahead and turn open to Psalms. But yeah, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I know I got a little bit sick, but it was a good one. We had fun. Um, We are turning to Psalm 21. So I'm going to go ahead and read it through before we get in with the annotations. 21. The king rejoices in the Lord's strength. To the choir master, a psalm of David. O Lord, in your strength the king rejoices, and in your salvation how greatly he exults. You have given him his heart's desire, and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. For you meet him with rich blessings, you set a crown of fine gold upon his head. He asked life of you, you gave it to him. Length of days, forever and ever, his glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you bestow on him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the steadfast love of the Most High he shall not be moved. Your hand will find out all your enemies, your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath, and fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth and their offspring from among the children of man. 
Though they plan evil against you, though they devise mischief, they will not succeed. For you will put them to flight, you will aim at their faces with your bows. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. So I would just encourage you to go ahead and pause this and write down any initial impressions that you have, any initial notes that you want to take down before we keep going. Um, for me, assuming some of you guys are just listening to this, I'm going to go ahead and go on with some of my annotations. So I made a few this morning in my Bible study. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go over some of these. In verse 1, it says, O Lord, in your strength, the king rejoices. And here I emphasized that this is in the Lord's strength, that it is in his salvation, in his power, not our power. It doesn't say the king is rejoicing over his riches. It doesn't say the king is rejoicing over the battles that he's won. It doesn't say the king is rejoicing over everything that he has done, but rather God's strength and God's salvation and his grace. Next, in verse 3, for you meet him with rich blessings. I personally underlined rich blessings because it just, it's a reminder, especially with Thanksgiving, all the things that we've been given, all the things that God has provided for us that we tend to take for granted. Like even looking around my room right now, I see a lamp. I have two lamps. I have a photo frame. I have an alarm clock. I have so many books. I have a laptop. I have the microphone that I'm recording this into. I have a Bible. I even have a little lap desk thingy. But just all these things that we have, even the ability to breathe through another day, the ability for me to have eyesight, to have hearing, to be able to walk and talk and communicate in the way that I get to even this podcast, to be able to talk to you guys and relate to you and just go through life together. Next, I underlined this one. I underlined a lot for this part. It's not like a crazy, crazy amount, but I feel like it was just an important part that stuck out to me. And different things will stick out to different people. So the second half of verse six, you make him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the steadfast love of the Most High, he shall not be moved. So again, coming back to the power of God, of relying in him, the king trusts in the Lord. The king who seems to have all these things, even then you rely on the Lord, because the Lord is someone who gets you there. The Lord is someone to whom all things belong. The steadfast love of the Most High, of the Lord, he shall not be moved. We are rooted in God. We are rooted in God's love. We don't need anything else. We shouldn't be drawing our value from anything else, even though so much of the time we tend to. We tend to want to go into what other people think of us, how we perceive ourselves even in the imperfect way that we do, how we're doing in school, our achievements, all these different things. But it says, through the steadfast love of the Most High, he shall not be moved. You shall not be moved. Your worth can neither be added to nor taken away from. And if you choose to trust in the Lord, you cannot be moved. The one who can move mountains, the one who can shake the sea, shake the earth. If you are rooted in him, you will not be moved. You cannot be moved. And finally, all the way to the last verse, the second half of verse 13, we will sing and praise your power. 
just that reminder to praise God for his attributes, to praise him for who he is, to honor him. I can even see right now I have worship music in front of me that says, Oh, praise him. This is a song by David Crowder. Um, but the chorus, it says, Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. He is holy. He is holy. And taking that time to even in just fully in a song to take that time to praise him fully in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we pray, in the way that we spend our quiet time, in the way that we even converse with other people. I'm not saying that throughout an entire conversation, you're going to be verbally saying, praise God, praise God. But, and this is a realization that I'm making just now, just counting the blessings in your conversation saying, hey, yeah, this amazing thing happened today. And I'm so grateful that God put this in our life. Like, what would it look like, honestly, if in our conversations, we gave God the credit? It's scary sometimes because you have people who don't believe the same things that you do. But saying, hey, this is what I believe. And honestly, they should respect that. Saying, hey, I am grateful because God did this for me. Like, honestly, what is someone going to say about that? Like, no, God didn't do that for you. Well, no, yes, he did. And don't turn it into an argument. But (laughs) I think just giving God that credit and everything that we have, um, like, how amazing would that be? Now, just going into some more detail, it says, in God's strength, the king rejoices. So again, back to that idea of it's not our strength because our strength isn't enough. We need God's strength to be able to get up in the morning, to be able to do anything. It's all from him. Even our bodily and physical strength, he is the one who created us, who created that strength within us. And I think it's also our job to continue keeping ourselves in a good condition, you know, to be stewarding our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit, Um, keeping in line with that, stewarding the strength that he gives us well, the ability that he gives us well. And it says, in your salvation, how greatly he exalts. Now, I'll be honest, I don't completely know what this means right here, because it says, in your salvation, right? And... This was written before the time of Jesus. Of course, there was the promise of a Messiah to come, so perhaps that's what he's referencing. But I feel like here, David is probably talking about just the way that God has saved them in battle, saved them from the enemy physically in war. Um, I think in some sense, you know, everything does point back to Jesus, but I feel like here specifically, He's probably talking about the specific moments when God has delivered him. And that's also just a good reminder to us, I guess, to remember those times. Remember the times when God has been faithful, when he has given us even what we didn't ask for. When he has given us even just what we didn't expect, what we didn't deserve, of course. That is grace. Grace is receiving what we don't deserve, and that is salvation. Salvation also in the gospel sense of it. To receive salvation is to receive the gift of Jesus, even when we don't deserve it at all. Even when we've rebelled and sinned. But that gift of being able to choose him, being able to come into his life. I find it interesting because in verse 2 it says, You have given him his heart's desire. And... 
you know, when you think about this, sometimes it's like, oh, my heart's desire. That means that I'm going to get A's in every class and everything and everything. But no, I think this is, um, in your strength, the king rejoices, right? So this is an individual who relies on the Lord, who chooses the Lord's path, and thus his heart, the desires of his heart are aligned with God's. It doesn't mean, you know, necessarily grades, because grades aren't what fill us up. They cannot fill up our hearts because we have a God-shaped hole within it. So the desires of our heart, I guess it even takes on that deeper meaning of what we need. What we need is God. And to have our heart's desire fulfilled, I suppose, is everything that God gives us. Um, next, the interesting thing I found was after rich blessings. In verse 3, it says, you set a crown of fine gold upon his head. Now, when I look at this, I guess, you know, a crown of fine gold doesn't necessarily mean worldly recognition. It might. But I think someone who, again, coming back to that theme of knowing that you are rooted in God, that you are unshakable because of that, that your rock is unshakable, that your anchor is unshakable. It's just, you understand your worth, you understand your honor, you understand that God has bestowed upon you this crown of fine gold. You are his creation and he has marked you as such. And I think also just the reward for running the race in the end. I don't know exactly what it says, you know, in Revelation to wherever it is that it talks about this. Um, but a crown of fine gold. I know that somewhere it talks about receiving a crown. A crown of glory, maybe, but a crown. And I think it's interesting when you tie that back to, well, in this case in the Psalms, forward to Jesus' death because he had the crown of thorns, right? And I, it ties to that faith in God, I guess, choosing that faith. Um, and that crown signifies life, this crown of fine gold. It signifies our worth, what Jesus did for us, the fact that we are valued and so specially created. I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but you get what I mean. Um next and some of these i don't completely understand so i'm not going to go over them oh verse five his glory is great through your salvation again this idea of through god's salvation there's that repetition in verse one it says and in your salvation how greatly he exalts here it says his glory is great through your salvation i forget the proper definition of exult i'm not sure if they're talking about exalting god i'm pretty sure but again in verse 5 his glory is great through your salvation so our glory is not a result of our own works it is not a result of our own efforts but rather of god's grace god's salvation because we get to share in god's glory right and again coming back to that theme of we can't do it on our own we need jesus we need jesus to have paid that price for us which he did his glory is great through your salvation. Without God, we cannot, we simply cannot, we cannot have that glory. And, you know, this idea that we even get to share in the glory of our creator, that is 
something honestly amazing and something that I don't think we sit down to meditate on enough. Well, it's kind of insane, you know, that our, it is insane that our creator would give us this chance to be within his glory when he could literally just not care about us at all. Next, we're talking about enemies, God's power over them. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume them. Some of these might seem hard, but they also seem kind of amazing. God is just, and he gives all of us a chance. And enemies, the devil, those who follow the devil, those who come against us, who do not choose God. The Lord has ultimate power, and the Lord is able to protect you. He is able to protect his kingdom. He is able to do whatever he wants, honestly. And I think when we remember just our times in the world now, whether we're struggling with pride or with jealousy or with anger, God has power over all of these. He has dominion over all of these. And he will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume them. In the end, these things won't be there because the devil will be gone. In the end, God has power and dominion over everything. And we might be struggling for a little time now, but that is all in the process of our sanctification. That is all in the process of our learning. So just continue to remember, no matter where you are right now, no matter what you're going through, that God has the final say. He already defeated death. We're just fighting the battles that come after. Next. Oh, one of the interesting things um, that I saw was just your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you in verse 8. It's interesting because the hand is not the item that thinks. It is not the part of our body that sees or that, you know, processes things mentally because that's your brain and that's your eyes. Um, But I think it speaks to just the power of God in everything he knows. You know, it doesn't matter whether it is. I don't think he necessarily has, you know, a physical body besides when he was down on earth as Jesus, but... We always use these personified words for him, right? So his hand, the fact that this idea of even a hand, even a small part of him can see all these things is ultimately powerful. It's infinitely powerful. It's kind of insane. Um, Finally, let me see here. Yeah, let's just end off with verse 13. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. So this entire, this entire psalm is addressed directly to God. So what does it mean for us to be praying in this way to the Lord, to be talking to him this way, to say, hey God, be exalted in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. We will praise you, Lord. We will glorify you and thank you for all that you've given us. yeah thank you guys so much for listening today i guess just some final application um is to remember that you are rooted in the lord no matter where you are whether you're doing your homework or you're struggling with a social issue between you and a friend or a familial issue or whatever it is that you're learning right now 
God is there. He has the ultimate power over the enemy. And I never want you to forget that. We will sing and praise your power. What does it mean for us to pray in that way? And then I'm just going to go ahead and finish us off in prayer here. Lord, thank you so much for the person on the other side of this mic, whether they're a girl or a guy, whether they know you or not, Lord, I thank you so much that we can just come here and sit in fellowship before you, that we can read your word and just talk about who you are, talk honestly about what does it look like to be praising you in the way that David praises you here. What does it look like to be honest and frank with you, to draw you into every aspect of our lives, to desire to have this, to desire to be rooted in you, in joy, in your salvation, in the joy of your salvation, God, in your strength, not to rely on ourselves, but to rely on you and to remember the ultimate sacrifice that you paid through Jesus so that we might be able to step into your glory. I pray you just, I, I thank you just for all that you've revealed. And I pray that the person on the other side of this would continue to remember that you're here for them and that you would grow this community, Lord. Um, yeah, I just pray that um, you just continue to guide us throughout this week. Lead us to love one another. Lead us to understand all that you are and all that you've done. Yes, just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All the best and all the blessings, guys. I'll talk to you next time.